Welcome to For Something Greater. I am Dominic Hawley, your host, and I am so happy you are here today. This is a podcast where we dig deep into what it takes to pursue your dreams, create an impact, and be a world changer. We get real, honest, and vulnerable. We dig into the challenges, the roller coasters, the triumphs, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your green drink, and let's dig into today's episode. Welcome to this episode, part two of the interview with Dana. I'm really, really excited to share the second half of this. As you probably heard in the first half, she's so exuberant, really passionate about what she does. And the second half, we really dig into what took her from the idea of Titan and Syria to actually making it reality and what it is today. And we dig into some nitty gritty steps that would really be beneficial for anybody to implement in their life and pursuing the dream and their goals. So I'm excited for you all to listen. Please leave a comment, share on social media what you got from this and let's dig in. It's just crazy to think the thing that caused the most anxiety out of of this whole thing was the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But the Facebook page was so fundamental because eventually it allowed, it led to an interview on CBC, uh, Metro Morning. Oh. That was also very terrifying. I was like, (laughs) in my early 20s, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, why do these people want to hear me talk? But the story was that powerful. Mm. It wasn't even about me at that point. It was just about the story. And, um... So I got the chance to go on CBC Metro Morning, um, which is like has thousands of listeners. Wow. Told my story. It's so funny because when I, I, you can't access it anymore. I don't know. The link doesn't have the actual interview anymore, but I remember I listened to it like three or four years ago and it's just like kind of awkward. I'm just like, so like not a good speaker yet. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, People identified with the story over the freaking radio. Mm. And then, um, so we had the pilot version of the website up at the time. Also, not professional, kind of sketchy, sort of like very like makeshift website. Nonetheless, it did the job. It manifested the vision one way or another. Mm. All the pieces had sold out. So I'm skipping a step here because... After March, I go back to the region in uh, August okay. to help my cousin Nusha with her organization. So we do the first summer camp for the okay. Syrian kids for Project Amanu Salam. We're in southern Turkey. And then I meet with uh, the lady from the Moran Foundation, and she brought me the products from the, the camp. Um, oh, yeah, okay. and then that's where we did that transaction. And have you fundraised money to buy the products? Oh, yes, good question. How did that happen? Yes, and then I threw, in that time, so between March and August, I threw my first fundraiser, which was also terrifying. Also not that big of a success, but nonetheless, it provided us at least that little bit of bulk cash uh, that I sent over there to purchase the initial um, materials and uh, purchase the, uh, the actual uh, So, product. actually... I- there's so many, there's honestly so many good things here. We could be here like for five hours. But I think this is like, so when you created the fundraiser initially, yeah. what was your goal for how much you wanted to fundraise? Oh, I don't know if I remember. I don't even know if I had set a goal because like I was so... Because you said it wasn't that big of a success. Yeah. So clearly there was something that you didn't feel like it had like, you know, at the time kind of met up with. Um. Okay, there was definitely a lack of confidence because I'm like mm-hmm. throwing my first fundraiser. Number two, I don't really know what I'm doing. Number three, um, I guess it was a success relative 
to the fact that I didn't really have a specific goal set in mind, yeah. which seems ridiculous. Obviously, for fundraiser, you should have a goal and articulate that goal constantly. And I know that now. At the time, I didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a success relative to the fact that not much else was going on, right? Like, when you did the fundraiser and finished that night, were you happy? Uh, oh, my God. Good question. I haven't looked back on that. Uh, I remember, like, I had to go up on stage and tell the story, and I was so nervous, and then I took, like, a couple shots, got the story out, and then <laughs> it, went, I, it felt okay because my family and friends made it. I, I, I felt good because yeah. I felt like it was a chance for us to sort of talk openly about this experience that I have and really manifest it that much more, and yeah. just, like, it, the story was still so powerful that the whole fundraiser basically revolved around the story. And then, like, me going up and, like, talking about what had happened. And then um, we had a bunch of artists, like, local Toronto okay. artists. So, I mean, it was successful in the sense that it was a very communal thing. Yeah. I got to share a happy, inspirational story about mm-hmm. Syrian refugees as opposed to what we're usually what we were usually exposed to at the time. Um, I wouldn't, like, looking back, I, like, compared to now, I wouldn't consider it a success. But in at that the time, moment, relative you, in that you moment, did. I, I think I felt a little, like, I don't think I necessarily, like, came home and I was like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like, I think I was, like, proud that I pulled off a fundraiser to begin with. Um, I felt okay about it. And how much did you fundraise for that first payment uh, to send? Oh, it was literally 500 bucks. Like, that's where it all started. So this is 500 freaking dollars. Literally someone, one person could have written that, like, check, and we didn't even have to write a fundraiser. But that's all I needed to sort of, like, create the first step. But I love that. Yeah. It's like $500. Right now, you're like, oh, that seems relatively small. Right. But, like, that, that's all you needed to take that next step. It's still a step forward. It's still turning nothing into something. Yeah. So... In that respect, I would say it's a success. Compared to other fundraisers, of course not. Um, But nonetheless, without that initial fundraiser, I probably would have never sent money to the Moran Foundation, and then the idea would have fizzled out. And I love that this such a good distinction is, like, people feel, I think often, I know I struggle myself, but I think there's also a tendency to be like, this isn't big enough, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, you have to throw perfection out the window (laughs) or it will eat you alive. Like, as long as you're, even if you're just crawling forward, like you're like, like you're crawling, like you're struggling, you're reaching for the next step, even if that's what it looks like, it's still, you still move forward. Um, So, like, things really don't have to be perfect. And they, the odds are they're not going to be perfect. I'm sure, like, some people can maybe have, maybe if it was someone else, they would have pulled off a $20,000 um, fundraiser and things would have accelerated much quicker. But nonetheless, no one else was doing a 20, no one else was doing a yeah, fundraiser no in that respect. Doing. So I was the, I was left to you do that. One. I was the one. Yeah. So regardless, it was still better than zero. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a learning process. Also, I know how to throw a better fundraiser now. Now we do crowdfunding campaigns. I would have not ever had the confidence to raise $10,000 on Indiegogo had I not raised at least five hundred that yeah. first time around. So, like, you have to be kind to yourself in the process. Not, not oh. that I'm saying I was kind to myself or that's something I need to work on <laughs> in general <laughs> to this day. It's not like you ever really reach a point where, like, I'm happy with myself. Yeah. Like, it's an ever-evolving thing um but no matter what it looks like as long as it's a step forward yeah it doesn't really matter how big or small i think that's because it's like 
I know I struggle, which is why I didn't do the podcast for years. Right. Because I had this, like, perfection thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How but, far did that get you? Yeah, yeah, well, what, <laughs> like, three or four years later, we're finally here, right? And it was like, you know, the people who are actually change makers in the world have the are the people who understand it's not perfect. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, you think you need to have so much grace and compassion for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, like, all stages. And mm-hmm. it's like, great, I fundraised $500, and maybe next time it'll be $700, right. and maybe next time it'll be $900. Mm-hmm. Comparing yourself to somebody else and what they do, or, like, again, like, comparing it to an origin story. Oh, don't, don't compare. Really oh, you know what I mean? the worst. Get inspired by someone else, but don't compare because, like, it just doesn't make logical sense. Yeah. Everybody's in different levels at all stages. And yeah. Like, we're always at different places. But imagine I had approached China Siri was like, I need to pay um, a web developer $5,000, and I need this and this and this in order for it to yeah. be what I want it to be. It would have never happened. Yeah. It would have never fucking happened. Yeah. I had a sketchy-ass initial website. Yeah. I had probably, like, a huge traffic after the CBC. Oh, yeah, you know what happened? Oh, you want to talk about imperfections? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, we had that website. Yeah. I mean, I I was embarrassed of it, at least. (laughs) But it did, it it functioned. Oh, barely. So, we had the interview on CBC. Um, Mark Galloway, is that his name? I was Galloway. That sounds familiar. God, okay, the main guy on Metro Morning. <laughs> so I had the interview. All of a sudden, we get all this traffic to the website. Um, we're making sales. It's great. Like it's yeah. it's not even that it was it wasn't that big of an inventory, but nonetheless, like oh wow, sales are coming in. It's happening. Something's yeah. happening. And then the website crashes. Oh, and then yes. Matt Galloway, I think it's his name. He oh I we had a Twitter account at the time, and he's like. Hey, China Siri, I think your website crashed from all the whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to die. This is horrible. This is like, I just, I want to die. I want to jump off a bridge. Like, this is horrible. But nonetheless, I still had to go through that in, in oh, order yeah. to evolve. Nonetheless, like, I'm always, like, perpetually embarrassed of our stuff because, like, it's never, I mean, the vision I have in my head, it's going to take work. You know, it's yeah. not going to happen overnight. And if anyone thinks that the vision in your brain is going to happen overnight, you need to just... Get that idea out of your head. Oh, I needed to hear that. Yeah, like you're gonna feel the majority of the emotions you're gonna feel trying to pursue your vision is feelings of embarrassment, um, mostly that, um, Mm. self critical. You might dabble with self hatred and then have to get out of that and be like, Mm. like, self love has to be your religion when you're following your passion Mm. because you're basically in a really vulnerable state. You've put yourself out there. You've taken control of the situation. If you're pursuing something, that means you're taking control of the situation. Um, And, yeah, I mean, there's no helicopter to the top of the fucking mountain, unfortunately. Like, you hear this all the time. You do hear it all the time. But coming to terms with it, like, at the end of the day, is like, yeah. So the majority of emotions you're going to feel is not necessarily good ones, but when they do good emotions kick in and you really feel like you're accomplishing something, boy, is it worth it. It's so interesting because I've heard people say that before, mm-hmm. and it's calling them always. I'm like, oh, that's a nice thought. Yeah. But like now, being someone who's actually taking action, mm-hmm. hearing that mm-hmm. lands in a very different way. Right. Now I'm like, oh yes, you're right. Like yeah. it is okay. Yeah. But it's like I feel like if you're a person who's not taking action mm-hmm. in whatever way, it's like, oh, that's a nice like theoretical thought. Right. Right. But when you're actually in the you know trench, actually doing something, mm-hmm. you're like, no, that's actually. 
like that's a reality thing that yeah. you need to. There's no yeah. way around it. Yeah. Unfortunately, if there is someone, let me know. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't. And um, honestly, any anyways, if something did happen overnight, it's probably gonna fizzle out overnight. Mm. Every like you know, it's like stardom even when like someone becomes like a celebrity overnight. Yeah. Generally, their careers don't last very long. Like yeah. you have to build a foundation. You have to and building a foundation doesn't look good it's making mistakes it's embarrassing yourself it's being mad at yourself mm. it's um struggling to wake up early in the morning and it's struggling to tackle your to-do list because you know it's for a bigger purpose reminding yourself of your purpose on a regular basis it's not like i wake up in the morning and i'm like yes i'm such a hero i'm gonna save the world mm. like i'm gonna throw on my cape no it's like dragging my body out being like okay like I have something to work towards. Like, you got this girl. You can do it. Like, it's, it's, it gets real. It gets real, real fast. But that's what makes the whole thing so rewarding in the end. It's like, yeah, you know where you came from and you know what you had to do to, to, to reach it. And it's like, also, no one wants to hear a success story that's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, everything I did worked perfectly. Yeah. I wrote it was such a smooth ride for the last six years, and no one wants to hear that. You can't. The whole thing about also, like, trying to pursue your vision is you want it to inspire other people in the sense that it's authentic. They can mm. understand where you're coming from because there's nothing special about me. There is nothing special about me. Like, I'm just like everybody else. I maybe got, like, C's, like, a few B's in high school. I, like, somehow got through my university degree. Um, like, I, I don't know, like, whatever. I like to hang out with my friends and watch yeah. movies. Like, there's nothing spectacular about me at all. Like, I'm like everybody else. The only thing is I'm, I I took a couple dives, mm. and I... I, I work through that anxiety and I did it anyways. Um, and that's how you become an amazing person. It's because you, you're building towards it by, yeah, putting yourself out there basically and um, doing things that might not feel natural to you at first, but you know is necessary. I love that. Okay, so I have a couple. So I think because we could really go on. Really, for Really go yeah, on. It's very therapeutic also. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it, oh, there's so much good. So much good stuff in here. Is like there's a couple of things I wanted to kind of like quick points. And just you don't have to answer quick, okay. but kind of like bullet things. Okay. So if you were to look, I think habit building's important. Oh yeah. Like I'm kind of over the whole New Year's resolution thing. Yeah. For me, I'm more committed to actually building habits right. that are sustainable. So okay. if you look at the last five years, yeah, with what you did with Tegnet Syria. It's like, what would you say are the top two or three habits mm -hmm. that you really took on mm -hmm. that have allowed you to continue Ugh. creating what you've done? It's a genius question. I could probably provide a really awesome answer if I had time to think about it, but I'm going to just say what came to okay. mind first. So... I've been doing China Syria in between all these other jobs too. Like mm. I need to make money in China Syria is not gonna pay me. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> you're not if your vision is probably not gonna be enough to be self-employed for a long time, and that's like one of those struggles you're gonna have to find a way to work out of. Yeah. That being said, I had to figure out a way like okay, balance China Syria, and also I was like fresh out of university, so I was doing all these like new random jobs, mm. basically. One was door to door, believe it or not. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, okay, so honestly, like, I had graduated York. I okay. got, like, a door-to-door -door job, sales <laughs> job. Um, I'm laughing because I did door-to-door -door for, like, you. five years. That makes me feel so, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, should I be embarrassed about that? I don't even no, know. I don't know I how to, like... I think it's such a valuable it, skill. It is, it is. It's just got such a bad, like, connotation over the years. you learn 
rejection. Oh, for like this. sure. Oh, right? that makes your, th- your skin so much thicker. Oh, yeah. oh my god. I think it's great actually. So that was really time consuming because it was like we had to be out at like we were had to be at the office at like eleven and then we were always we ended up always being out until like freaking ten p.m. Mm-hmm. I had like no time in the day. The one commitment I made to myself, I knew I had like very limited limit, limited time in that period. My one commitment to myself was at least one hour of Tainit Syria a day. So no okay. matter how small it is, mm-hmm. if it's something that you can ensure consistency around, it'll take you so much farther oh, than like that. eight hours of like uh, powering through a really productive mm, that's day. Like so good. that's not getting you anywhere. Like it's it's. I know this, we all know this cliche, but it really is a marathon. Like, you want to pace yourself. Do not burn yourself out. And if there's, like, that one thing a day you can do, no matter how small, yeah. if it's something you know you can do consistently, do it. And in my case, it was just one hour of time in Syria a day. I so, love that. So I was, living, I was living in Toronto at the time. Um, I lived near a Starbucks. <laughs> I, I like to support mom and pops, but it was like really the only cafe nearby. So before I would go to the, the office for the sales gig, I would go to Starbucks for one hour. So I guess from, it was like from nine to 10 and then uh, from 10 to 11, I was on my way to the office. Um, I would, not all that much would get done, but it was enough to like answer those first couple mm-hmm. emails. It was enough to like, sort of just like get things moving a little bit. It was sort of enough to just be present too for Titan at Syria for at least one portion of the day. Um, I, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause people think like, oh, I need to work nine hours a day to accomplish mm-hmm. it. If nine hours is burning you out, don't feel bad about it. Like you just don't have that time. You don't have that energy. Find what works for you, no matter how little. If it's something that, like the importance is doing it consistently like mm. consistency is the magic word that's so great on so many levels um in terms of like other habits um oh my god I don't know because the whole habit thing is still something I struggle with mm. because the thing is remember you're always going to be starting from scratch one way or another because let's say you've come a long way like okay we've come a long way like now I actually have products like I yeah. have amazing products that I'm proud of that means now I need to channel my badass sales lady and like start sales and marketing this thing like no tomorrow. That's a part of me that hasn't evolved necessarily. This is like, so I'm like, I, there's always a new starting point no matter how far you're going. I would imagine that habit of like doing something consistently a day will yeah. then go into your sales and marketing. Right. So like, okay, this is like, I need to do something sales and marketing every day. Right. For this time period. So that right. habit like just exponentially right. grows. Mm-hmm. Would you say... Have you found it really important, like, who you surround yourself with? Is that another habit you've created of, like, being around people who are either involved in what you do or involved in, like, similar things? Do you think that's beneficial, not beneficial? It's 100% beneficial, for sure, Um, because I source inspiration and energy from the people around me all the time. Also, they always remind me that I'm not crazy, because Mm. as an entrepreneur or as anybody trying to make something that is like their idea at some point you're going to feel a little bit crazy mm-hmm. because you're doing something different than everybody else I didn't necessarily make it a habit it just sort of naturally happened yeah. that like-minded people I started to be surrounded by like-minded people um and uh I don't know if it will happen naturally for you like just I got pretty lucky in terms of like some of the opportunities that came up and like also just like the network of people I'm generally surrounded by mm-hmm. but if you can make a habit oh okay I know one thing everybody hates, but in the long run, it, it'll do you some good. Is like networking events. Mm, okay. Nobody wants to drag their ass out to a networking event. That's how we connect. 
yeah, like nobody wants to yeah. really like everyone wants to stay at home and clean their house and play with their cats, right? Yeah. Like that's what you really want to do. That too, watch like an unhealthy amount of Netflix. But um, when you force yourself to do those things and like when if you're able, okay. So again, it's not like a, an external habit. It's more like an internal habit. One thing that's helped me a lot in terms of like my emotional intelligence is when I identify the feeling of discomfort, Mm -hmm. like if I know I feel uncomfortable and I look into it a little bit further, it generally means something that's a good thing Mm -hmm. because it means I'm doing something new or it means I'm doing something challenging. So that's the thing about evolving as a person is it is uncomfortable and then sometimes we get that confused we're like oh but I don't like this like I'm always I always feel crappy and uncomfortable because I'm doing something new all the time well you don't really make that connection really yeah you just feel those emotions and you're like I don't want to do this anymore but if you're able to sort of like stop and like identify that these feelings of discomfort are actually rooted in the fact that you're evolving as a person and you're challenging yourself and you're putting yourself out there and you're taking those boring ass bus rides to this networking event yeah. for like two hours um, when you much rather be on the couch. Like it's so also like practicing that, like realizing that just because it's a negative emotion, generally that means that it's, it's related to some sort of good outcome. So like even today, right? With the whole podcast, like I felt off today. Right. And then, like, at some point this afternoon, I was like, oh, it's because I'm, like, doing something new. Right. Right? And as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, okay. But if you hadn't stopped Mm -hmm. and sort of, like, talked to yourself for a second and addressed that with yourself, you might have been like, oh, I might cancel. I don't feel ready. Yeah. Yeah. And we would have, this would have never happened. Oh, it crossed my mind. Right? Oh, for sure. Right? Like, that's (laughs) the easy thing to do is just like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Let's cancel. Obviously, there's, like, a certain degree of readiness, but generally, trial and error is the best formula, I think. Yeah. Like, just fuck it up the first time you'll learn so much more than trying to prepare ahead of time obviously like make some sort of preparation yeah don't like, just be like i'm gonna do whatever yeah i'm like. gonna do whatever but like <laughs> yeah exactly but realize that it doesn't have to be the perfect the first time around you don't have to be 100 ready yeah. um you just have to do it because that's gonna be you're gonna just learn so much faster that way too just by practicing what you're doing and have you created a habit around because i'm sure you have days where it's like you wake up and you're like nothing's moving the world's a horrible place <laughs> like la, 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 screw this i'm gonna watch netflix yeah. and just like you know mm-hmm. stay in this spot yeah right because mm-hmm. i think when you're really in the trenches yeah that feeling is more cute yeah. It's like you, you face it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have something that you've created that is beneficial for you when you do that? Do you give yourself space and it's like, okay, I give myself half a day of like, mm-hmm. what, like, do you have something around that? Um, that's something I'm still trying to build. I feel like I'm not an expert on that because I'm still struggling with that in the sense that like, I'm still going, going, and then burning out, burning out, and then yeah. going, going, and then burning out, burning out. Um, so what I'm trying to practice right now, not an expert on it, I'm still trying to figure this out, is sustainability. Mm. Being sustainable in what you're doing every day. And, like, again, like, um, you, you – I mean, if you can figure out what's sustainable for you, whether it's an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day, or four hours a day, and then, like, two hours of Netflix, mm-hmm. like, that's a great balance. As opposed to, like, oh, I did all these things, and then I'm going to burn out over Netflix for, like, eight episodes straight. Yeah. 
okay, fine. Like, they're both sort of different ways of doing things. But I think if you can find, like, a sustainable, structured routine in your life, Mm -hmm. it will create, it will allow yourself to understand give you the space that you need for when you're working and for when you're relaxing as opposed to getting those two worlds mixed up. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Or I don't know if it's what a lot of people struggle with because I'm not actually a structured person. Like, (laughs) by nature, I'm like a free-for-all, like, whatever. Like, my brain, I swear, has no boundaries. So one thing I struggled with and still struggle with and just trying to really address now more than ever is... um, when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. Mm. I don't want to be working thinking like, oh, maybe I should be relaxing right now because I'm so tired. Yeah. Or be relaxing be like, oh, I should probably be sending all the emails. Because yeah. then you're just like, it's just, that's not a good place to be. Yeah. It's not a good place to be. So yeah. routine um, and sustainability. And again, I'm not an expert in those things. I'm still struggling with that, basically. Yeah. 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 So we have routine. Oh, you know what really helps? In terms of accountability yeah. or, like, in terms of structure or routine, co-working yeah, sessions. Mm, co-working mm, sessions. That's true. Like, having that one person to be like, oh, we have to meet at this hour and, like, work together in a cafe. Yeah, because nobody wants to disappoint the other person, Yeah, too, it's, like, right? okay, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. Like, I have to go. I have to show up. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, keep in mind, if you're trying to do this 100% alone, it's going to be 100% harder. Mm-hmm. Like, we're social animals we get energized by the people around us and sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I'm like, no, I have to be at home working. I can't be out socializing. I don't have time for you people. Like I have to be at home. And then I go out and spend time with you people and realize, (laughs) holy shit, I needed that. Um, So like also remember to reach out to your network. If you need help, be articulate about that. Don't be shy about that. People want, people need your support just as much as you need theirs. So it's like, um, remember that you're a social animal by inherently and there's nothing you can do about that and um, that's also I feel uh, again something that I'm not perfect at something that I'm trying to practice in my everyday life is um, just socializing and 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 leaning on the community of people I have around me and yeah yeah mm. yeah and uh yeah, because it's so easy also as an entrepreneur or anyone, again, trying to do their own thing to get stuck in your own head and then just feel like it's you against the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had a moment like that last week. Right. I, it's usually a weekly moment right. for me, but mm-hmm. last week was particularly bad. Yeah. And finally, what I found beneficial was like I actually calling somebody, mm-hmm. saying it in reality, mm-hmm. and then the person was like, you're ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, I know that. And he was like, okay, so say it in reality. And rather than, like, just staying stuck in my own head, Mm -hmm. like, you know, this isn't working, this Mm -hmm. isn't going anywhere, and da-da-da-da-da, actually having a person say it all out to you, it's just like, oh, okay, it's out there, it's not in my head anymore. And isn't it such a difference, like, how, okay, things sound so freaking different in your own head than they do when you say it out loud. And then I'm like, it's like, that happens with me, I'll, like, call someone, and I'm, like, venting, and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even remember what the problem is exactly, like, oh, I don't even... Oh, I guess it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, so um, definitely keep your friends and family close. And the thing is, like, when you're pursuing your own thing, you it does feel a lot of the time like it's you against the world because you're doing something unconventional. But remember, they, they will support you and they are proud of you and they, they are inspired by what you're doing too. Mm. 
just like-minded people, if you can seek out like-minded people, like your podcast is a great way to do that, right? Because you're specifically so seeking right. out people that are like-minded, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like you share the same values. That helps big time. Yeah. 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 Tr- like actively trying to somehow build some sort of network of like-minded people. And yeah, at first it starts off with boring networking events where you go and you feel super awkward mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, you come here often? But then it evolves into like amazing contacts and amazing friendships yeah. in the long run. Yeah. yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What is the thing that you were, you kind of hold on to the most that somebody's told you? in the last five years that like you consistently kind of come back to or you you discovered for yourself and you kind of consistently come back to the faith that I have in the people that I'm working with Mm. it's just like what I've seen the potential that I've seen that these women have is what's so inspiring it's just like it's untapped resource and like we're tapping into it and we're we're making it happen and like it's a struggle but it's like do you feel this is actually interesting do you feel responsible I think I think there's a really beneficial difference between being motivated mm-hmm. because I think motivation comes and goes yeah. but actually when you feel responsible yes. to something oh like yeah me in this podcast now I'm actually going to be responsible right. to finish like and put the podcast out right. I'm like now I've just spent like two hours of like five people's time right I actually need to go do yeah. that you know, is actually going to make it in reality as opposed to like, oh yeah, I'm super motivated. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, mind, that's sort of the frank answer I was looking for. Thank you. It's that. It's okay. As much as I want to be like in a good mood every day and like motivated, no, I'm not always motivated. I'm just not because I've been doing this for a long time yeah. and yeah, like life is tiring and like I get grumpy and I have my moods and I'm like everybody else. That sense of responsibility is quite heavy, but it does keep a big fire under my butt more than I more than a flame like accountability keeps a flame under my butt but responsibility and the fact that I work with vulnerable women who depend on this um is a is definitely a much bigger flame and that's not a good feeling necessarily either it's not Mm -hmm. oh I'm so motivated I know I can take over the world and oh my god I'm so awesome Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god these women are depending on me like I have I have to make this happen and it's like that's the thing about doing your own thing it's like a lot of the times it's not going to be like super fun fluffy pleasant feelings a lot of the times it's heavier emotions that you're processing but are making you in the long run evolve into the human being that you know you can be um but the sense of responsibility weighs quite heavy it weighs quite heavy and it's good and bad sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little bit overwhelming Mm -hmm. where I'm like oh my god if I like why aren't I figuring this out like the women like need me to figure this out and that's the sense of responsibility is huge it's huge in in actually um making things happen in the long Mm -hmm. run yeah because you're gonna get tired at some point you're gonna get tired and um and motivation is quite a limited thing like it rejuvenates here and there and you you source inspiration but if you think that that's gonna be the emotion that's gonna get you through the long run not necessarily Mm -hmm. not necessarily not that like the thing about being held responsible or that sense of responsibility in a way is a motivation, but it's not like the 
the idea we generally have of motivation. Yeah. It's like you're like excited. And yeah, where you're excited and, and you're like, yeah, it's like, super energized. Like, yeah. no, sometimes I'm in a bad mood and sometimes I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but I know I have a responsibility that I'm happy with. Like, the thing is, as long as you're happy with that series mm-hmm. of responsibilities and you have that deep connection to that responsibility you have. Because if you're like, oh, I don't care about the environment. It's not that, like, that sense of responsibility isn't going to actually have any significance to you. Like, it has to obviously mean something to you personally. So, yeah. So, that's the thing. Like, we're going to get real. Yeah. The emotions that are going to get you through the long run aren't necessarily, like, pleasant. Yeah, happy. Yeah. That's so great. I coffee think... helps, though. I must say. Coffee <laughs> a lot of helps. coffee. Yeah, a lot of coffee <laughs> helps. So. I think uh, thing, one of the biggest things I got from this was commit yourself to something you're responsible for. Yeah. And share publicly. Lock in the Lock accountability in. Mm-hmm. machine. Yeah, yeah. So, and then take small steps every day. Because when you take small steps every day, it feeds back into the accountability, yep. which then feeds back into whatever you feel like you're responsible mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And you, you, for you, you're responsible for those two collectives. Yeah, exactly. And really empowering those women. Exactly. And giving them a whole different life than they would. Exactly. Have, right? Right. Because, like, Instead of finding your purpose or whatever, I think a lot of people are like, I don't know what my purpose is. It's mm-hmm. like, maybe look for what you could genuinely feel responsible for. Right. And then, you know, share that publicly and then take small steps every day. Wow, that is... I love that. So, That's so great. I love how you, like, just did a whole, like, synopsis of this whole conversation. That's a beautiful, articulate way. I didn't even know those were, like, my, my three magic tricks, like, until this conversation. Like, I knew them, like, deep down, because I practice them every day, but, like, now I can write a book on this. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> cool. The secrets to success. So, um, cool. Is yeah, that's anything? exactly it. Oh, my God. That's so freaking true. I'm having, like, an epiphany. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I am doing right. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those little steps, inevitably inevitably if you are doing those little steps lead to bigger steps they'll then become medium and then they'll become bigger and then bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like you're feeding a machine or you're feeding I don't want to say machine that's such a dry word but you're feeding the vision and the vision like it evolves exponentially when you feed it right it's like um it's like um compound interest like you Mm -hmm. give it a little bit Mm -hmm. and then it's like it it accumulates much faster than you think like and like yeah, like, all those little steps eventually led to me now, like, getting, like, all these freaking emails every day or, like, going, yeah. like, all these amazing activities that I get to do all the time that seemed so far-fetched four years ago when I had my sales job mm. and I was at Starbucks that one hour a day feeling like, really, I'm not getting anywhere, but at least I'm here sending this email, whatever. Now, like, all of that is inevitable now. Like, that's just the... Yeah, that paved the way to how things move forward. Yeah, and you have the momentum going. Momentum, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you haven't said that you would like to say? Take care of your health. Mm. Nothing in the world is worth deteriorating your mental health. And Mm. I I think a lot of people get that wrong, where it's like they have to do anything and everything in order to make their vision happen. But your health is always number one, and that was also a learning lesson for me. Um, And... um, and it's so obvious. Like, again, if you can't put the oxygen mask on yourself, you're not going to get it on anyone yeah. either. So it's like, and self-love. Mm. Again, not I'm not perfect at that. That's something I'm, like, genuinely actually actively trying to practice now. Like, when you're doing your own thing, 
self-criticism is like it's bound to happen Mm -hmm. and it can get bad and it could be okay and it could be whatever but it's like you have to, to to be kind to yourself because you can't go around being kind to everybody and trying to help everybody, but you're not being kind to yourself. It makes logically yeah. no sense. Yeah. Um, but we forget that a lot of the time, I think. And um, practicing self love will make your journey much easier. Yeah. Much easier and um, almost just yeah, it's it's as necessary as water. Mm. Um, and you might. It's it's a matter of practice. Like we don't all get it right like I don't know if like everybody's going around every day being like I'm so awesome and I'm the only one that's not but it's like um that's something you actually have to actively really try and pursue yeah because it can feel a little unnatural sometimes like if you missed a deadline or you like didn't answer an email or whatever it's so easy to be harder on yourself oh it's so easy to be hard on yourself but then just imagine you are calling or imagine you are the friend that is hearing the self-criticism and what advice you would give that friend, you know, Mm -hmm. like put yourself, like if someone, if a friend had called you and said all the things that you're saying to yourself, you would be like, girl, slow down. Like you're doing fine. You're doing the best that you can. Like there's not much more you can do. So like practice that every once in a while. Cause yeah, yeah, self-love is before everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. And I really wanted to acknowledge you. Like it really takes somebody to be as frank and honest. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes it's easier to be like, well, like, my organization's going really well. Yeah. And, like, you know, whatever. But really speak honestly about mm-hmm. the nitty-gritty of what you go through. Yeah. As a person who's has an organization, has been working, and, sh- like, transitioning and everything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Like, it really takes, like, a certain level of vulnerability mm-hmm. to share that. Absolutely. And, I, and that's so beautiful mm-hmm. that you share that. Thank you. Because uh, I think that makes a huge impact on people you come in contact with. For sure. And your authenticity is very clearly felt. Like, I remember when you first, like, when I heard you talk at that one event. You pick up authenticity really quickly. Wow, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. But I realized this is how, like, I, I, I'm doing well because people identify with authenticity and mm-hmm. I never, never meant to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, being open and honest and also when people are open and honest and candid about their experiences and I can relate to that, Oh, God, I wish all the times I could express to them how much they've inspired me just from being honest mm. and just being candid about the fact that it's not always easy. Because yeah. imagine I came here and just, like, screwed all this bullshit about, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, we're a million-dollar business and we're doing this <laughs> and everything's going great and, then, like, we're so innovative. And, like, yeah, I know we are all those things. Not the million-dollar business, but we'll get there. Yeah. But, um... Um, that's not helpful. That's mm-hmm. not useful. No one is going to really take that and actually do anything useful with it. Yeah. So, like, if I really care about my vision, that means, um, and, like, uh, my journey as a leader, everybody knows that a true authentic leader wants to turn other people into leaders mm-hmm. as well and help yeah. them tap into that side of themselves. Yeah. Um, and the leaders before me through them being authentic and candid and all of that were able to sort of help me con- or um, sort of tap into that side of me. So it also just a, as a matter of productivity, if we're not going to talk openly and candidly and authentic, in an authentic manner, then really like what's the point? Yeah. You know, like I, yeah, I want people to realize like you don't, you're not, you don't have to be a special person mm-hmm. um, with a special CV or report card or, or anything um, in order to make things happen. You yeah. just have to like 
literally just do it and 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 process the negative feelings that might come along with that but it's all worth it in the long run um if you really want it that bad so it's like I yeah. think your authenticity and vulnerability really reflect who you are as a person thank you yeah thank you I appreciate yeah. that you're yeah. very welcome thank you and so that was my interview with Dana. I really hope you got something incredible from that interview. She's such a change maker. And I just left that interview so lit up and so excited to go implement stuff that she had mentioned into my own life. And so leave a comment about what you got from that. And I'm so excited that that's now aired. The next episode is going to be with Jillian Lucas, who created The Last Straw Movement in Toronto, which was reducing single-use straws in bars. And it had a massive change. And so we dig into what allowed her to actually create that movement. So that's going to be the next episode. Listen in on that one and leave a comment and say hi. I would love to be able to talk to you over on social media. Until next time, have a beautiful, gorgeous day.